0: Engaging Leader Podcast, episode 106. Four Storytelling Frameworks to Lead Change, featuring Amanda Marco. Does your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. Storytelling is a key tool for leading change. In episode 102, Storytelling for Leaders, Amanda Marco joined us to discuss why it's such a powerful tool and provided tips for putting it to work. In this episode, Amanda returns to talk more specifically on the how of storytelling for leaders, and she explains four storytelling frameworks to lead change. Amanda Marco is president and chief connection officer of Connected Strategy Group, which helps leaders communicate their business strategy and engage stakeholders during times of change. Amanda is one of only a handful of people globally, and the first person in the US licensed to deliver Storytelling for Leaders, which teaches business leaders a proven method for creating messages that resonate, build engagement, and drive change. Amanda Marco, welcome back to The Engaging Leader.
1: Thanks, Jesse. Thanks for having me back.
0: Amanda, when you were on our previous episode, episode 102, we talked about the business case for storytelling, why storytelling for leaders is such an important tool for change. Amanda, will you please give us an overview of the four frameworks and tell us about the first type of story?
1: Yeah. So in storytelling for leaders, the workshop that I teach, there's four ways four storytelling frameworks that we use, and all of them have a role in change. So the first one is the connection story. And the connection story is how you kind of get somebody to like you or how do you get somebody to understand where you're coming from? Because oftentimes, especially when you're leading change, the employees or the other people you're trying to bring along are skeptical. You know, what, what's in it for you? Why are you doing this? And so if you can let them know, you know what you're really all about, they're going to be more open to you as a leader and to the change in general. So this, the connection story lets people know what makes you tick and then also shows them how you're like them. It shows that similarity. When I was working with a company that was having major financial problems was really and this was you know, back when everybody was having financial problems in the mid to late 2000s. So we were in, we were in rough shape and we brought in those some hot shot leaders to help turn the company around. And one of these leaders was a pretty young guy, probably in his mid thirties. And he was a C-level executive that was brought in from another company that was was very successful. And so everybody knew that Bob was a hot shot. Everybody knew that Bob was very smart and very successful in what he had done before. And this company that he was coming into, that we worked with, was kind of beaten down and mentally having a hard time and financially having a hard time. And so the employees were kind of, were struggling along with the company. So this hotshot comes in and it gets introduced to us and he's going to be one of the part of the team that's going to turn us around. And he's got this great pedigree. He's come from these great companies. He's turned around these other companies. He's come from all this success. And it was hard to kind of swallow because his mentality was so different from where we were at the time. But he wanted to bring us along. So in order to help bring us along, I remember he addressed an all-employee meeting, our whole global team, and told everybody about the companies that he'd worked for before and that they weren't all blue chip companies before he got there. They didn't all have um, hundred dollar plus stock prices that they had struggled also. And then he worked with them through the difficult times. And that made everybody kind of feel a little bit better that he had been where they were because the way he was introduced originally, it was just that he's come, he's worked for all these great companies and he's done all these great things. And to know that he had struggled like we had made everybody, I think, more receptive to his uh, leadership. And so that's the kind of connection story that you can tell to show people that you've been there too. And that helps you lead the change and makes you a more legitimate leader.
0: So the first framework is a connection story, which helps you actually make an emotional connection with your listeners so they're willing to hear what you have to say. Exactly. Build your credibility, I guess.
1: And that can be, you know, it, ha- it can be an example, it can be a specific story that you tell people from work, it can be a, t- a story, it can even be a personal story. People connect on that level, people, most people also have children, or they have, they ha- everybody has a mom. So if you can tell a story that's even a personal story, and make that connection and let people know what you're, com- where you're coming from and what you're about, you're going to find that being able to lead change is going to be a lot easier.
0: Hmm. Okay, and what's the second one?
1: The next one is the influence story. So this is when you're, this really is obviously influence. You're trying to change someone's mind. And what you want to do is this is where you're going to use facts also with the influence story. So you need to start off by stating your point and what, you're, what point you're trying to make and what, what information you're trying to get across. And then you share an example. Now, this is oftentimes where people want to go to the negative example, right? So they want to say, you know, if we don't do this, All these bad things are going to happen. You know, Mm -hmm. I've I've seen it before. This has happened. You know, this happened at the company I used to work for. Or or look at this. Or they hold up a a, you know a famous example of a company that's that's fallen. You know, an Enron or or something. And they say that could be us if we don't do these things. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they tell the scary story, which (laughs) is okay, but it's often not enough. So I advocate the one-two punch: that you tell the negative story, but then you tell the positive example, and you show them why it would be good to make the change. And then you follow up by making your case, you know, what that change is that needs to happen. And you explain uh, the change and what it looks like. And then you finish up. The fourth part of that is then to restate your point. So you start by making your point, you end by making your point. And in the middle, you are going to um, tell your stories and also make your case and explain what it is that's happening. That's the influence pattern.
0: So, uh, The influence story, you're trying to change someone's mind. You start out by stating your point, and then you share an example. And if if you feel like you have to share a negative example, then do a one-two punch. So share the negative, but then follow up with a positive that provides hope. Yes. And then make your case. And and making your case might be where you actually get into the data, so because a lot of times you're sharing a story that comes across as an just anecdotal evidence, mm-hmm. and so you may need to make your case with the more complete data-driven analysis that um, backs up your your point, and then finally restate your point. Yes, you know I was just as you were sharing about that, I it was calling to mind research that's been done on using a burning platform when, when a lot of companies feel like uh, they're type of story is a it needs to be a burning platform and that so that's basically like a a negative story like if this doesn't happen the world's going to end and that there's two pitfalls to that one is that either you are successful telling that story and convincing people that this burning platform is a reality and yet you'd leave people without hope so what's the point and so, ha- having that positive story is a, that one-two punch that you described. It would, is a great solution to that. And then the second pitfall is that people just don't believe you because the burning platform gets used and overused. Right. And so, what we've heard this for the you know the the skies falling and. Um, I'm not buying it this time. Yes. So you you do have to make sure that if you are going to share a a bad example, a bad story, that it is believable and it's not something you just seem like you pulled out of, of thin air.
1: Definitely, you're absolutely, you're absolutely <laughs> right. The burning platform has has become um, it, it can't. That's not standard operating procedure, but that, in some companies it has been. They just <laughs> move from one emergency to the next. And, um, that's, that's when you start to see the culture of the organization and and many other problems start to creep out because you can't just can't be in a a constant state of emergency.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what's the third framework?
1: Uh, the next one is the success story. And oftentimes we hear about case studies. Mm
0: -hmm. So this is
1: really the oral version of a case study. And it's, um, but it's, again, we're going to the specific and we're going to the personal and we're going to a moment because that's what a story is personalized and it's a specific moment too often a case study, especially ones that we see in, in business are used for sales are the company did this company had the problem. Yeah. This other company came in and fixed it and there's no people. And, um, it's just very dry and sterile. There's no, there's no uh, characters. There's no dialogue. There's nothing. There's no moment in time. And so with the success story, you get all of those. Um, you get a moment in time, you get a specific, you get specific people who did specific things. So what you want to do um, with the success story, oftentimes these are really helpful uh, for change because you want to highlight your progress. So along the way, you can't just, um, you can't just continue to, to tell people that the platform's burning. You can't just continue to tell people what, what you're changing and why. You also need to show them um, and celebrate the successes that you have along the way. So um, the framework for a success story is that you want to introduce the person that's at the heart of the story and describe why they're like the listeners. So setting that stage and giving, giving people, a, again, a specific coworker, Um, or or customer to hang their hang on to is important. And then the next piece is you want to illustrate the person's problem and how it made them feel. So a lot of times we talk about the problems and case studies just in, in terms of revenue or other kinds of data-driven information that their, you know, that their internet upload times were slow or that they were losing money or that employees were not, um, or, you know, having low satisfaction scores on their employee engagement surveys. Okay. Well, those are just numbers, but what does that really mean? And how did that make, how do, how do people feel about those problems? So you have to bring in, um, bring in the emotion, bring in the problem and the feeling. And then the third piece is to show how it got solved and how they feel now. So, the layer of a success story that's different than a case study are those points of feeling starting off by introducing a person then coming in with the problem and how it made them feel and then the solution and how it made them feel. And then the idea is at the beginning, you've introduced somebody who's like them. So now you've shown them. Now you can feel like this too. This mm-hmm. person felt like this. Now you can feel like it too. If you continue down the path that we're taking you. So it's that feeling that emotional part that's really important in a success story.
0: In episode 102, we talked about how you bring those people to life and sometimes that's just actually stating their name, but you also talked about how it's important to share some of the actual dialogue, that that lets you mm-hmm. into the person's head, lets you know what they're thinking and feeling. So is, does that need to happen in this oral version of a case study?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. You need to have people. And so, yes. So whether it's dial, it's dialogue, it's using people's names and then all, and also what they felt like, what, what they were feeling um, through all of this. It brings the, it brings the whole story to life. And it's the difference is the difference between a dry, sterile, boring case study that people don't even really want to read to a story that people are excited about. You know, lots of companies use success stories, I guess, and change. It's very helpful. And, and just reinforcing the culture. It's very helpful because you can show the examples of, of, Your company's values and action. We talk oftentimes are we talk about so many things that are abstract in business. We talk about providing good customer service or being innovative, continuous improvement. Well, what does that really mean? Well, if you break it down and you have those examples of actual people who have exemplified um, the customer service um, or the values that your company wants to put forward, then you suddenly have that example that other people can emulate. And maybe that doesn't mean that they do the exact same thing, but since the story is evoking emotion, the story is allowing um, the listeners to interpret it in their own way, they're going to take that and apply it as it fits to their own circumstances.
0: You know, taking a case study and making it personal. I had never, I think you're the first person that's pointed out to me the importance of that. But what I'm thinking of are two books that I read in the last year, maybe two years, that were both very good books in terms of the information that I wanted to get out of them. And they were both written by a team of people. So there's like each had five authors. And usually when I see that on a book cover, I think, boring, this is going to be a very impersonal book. Uh, and one of them was a very boring and personal book. It was filled with what we would typically think of as case studies. These non-specific, you know, a certain company had this problem and they did this and it worked. And it was about employee engagement, that book. And I wanted the information that was in it. So I, I, I went ahead and slugged through the book, but it just didn't stick with me. It was very difficult to read. The other book was Influencer, The New Science of Leading Change. And it was written by David Maxfield and several colleagues. And I didn't want to read that. I wanted what was in that book, but I thought, oh my gosh, don't make me read another one of those. But I picked it up. And from the very first page, every one of those case studies was brought down to a single person's story. And I cared about that person. I cared about what happened. And that book was a page turner. And I remember a lot of those stories. So sometimes it's harder to make your case study get to that personal level, but, but you've convinced me it's, it's totally worth your effort as a leader and as a storyteller.
1: Well, yeah, and it, leaders are, are, are cautious to do it because they worry about legal ramifications. They worry about whether or not, um, you know, if we, if we make, um, somebody in it, the person who solved the problem and we, and we mention that person's name and we talk about what a great job they did. What if there's a problem later with their performance? What if they don't work for us anymore? Can we still use that case study? You can, absolutely, and there's ways to do it. There's ways to use a person's name. There's ways to explain um, and get the story into a personal level without compromising legal issues, without compromising your abilities to, to, um, to use the story in the future regardless of the situation. So one way to do that is just give the person a different name. Basically, you're talking about that person, but you just say, let's call, let's call him Bob mm-hmm. rather than actually using his real name. Then you still have the benefit of people latching on to that name. You don't care if it, that's the real name or not as you get into the story, but you do still care about what happened to Bob even though they introduced at the beginning he's not, not – that's not his actual name. So you can – there are ways to, to still be truthful and still, um, still bring in the emotions and still bring in this kind of story pattern without – um, causing other problems for the company in the future. So the, it's just, it depends on, it certainly depends on the story. It depends on the company. It depends on the culture, um, of the company. And so not, there's not one perfect solution, I think, to this problem for everybody, but if you just recognize it and w- decide to tackle it, there's options for tackling it.
0: So we've talked about the connection story, the influence story, the success story. What's the fourth and final Type of story. The
1: fourth one incorporates all of those kinds of stories. And it kind of, if you think about those three stories as maybe verticals, this one would arch over all of them because it incorporates all of those um, elements. And what it's called is your clarity story. And this you can think of as your organizational narrative. It's your strategic story. And um, the way that you do this, it has four parts. And it's best if you start with your, it could be your strategy, it could be the change that you're trying to implement. And so that's actually in the third column. So that's the, the, what you're saying here is that's why we're going to. So you're explaining what, what the change is, you're explaining um, what's coming down the pike. So now going back over at the beginning of the story, you craft it by saying in the past, and you explain what, ha- what used to, how things used to be. Then you go into the next piece, which is then something happened, right? The, the, um, the, stock, the stock market crashed, um, new competitors entered the field, Um, a new leadership team took over, something changed, something happened. Now you go to that first piece I mentioned, which is, that's why we're going to your strategy, the change, the thing that you're trying to implement. Then you explain, that's why we're going to. And then your fourth piece is so all these good things can happen. And you paint the picture of the future. I was just coaching somebody yesterday on this. And the story that they were telling was about data warehousing and how, and the story that they told was that in the past, our large organization quickly grew and added data to all different parts of our organization, but the data became very siloed and it became harder and harder to get the more and more data we added. And then in the last couple of years, there's more tools available for bringing data together. There's more people who are in, um, involved um, and have expertise and how to bring it together. So our competition is doing it also. So we've got to, be aware that this the environment has changed for all those reasons. So now we're going to put this integrated data warehousing strategy in place. With that strategy in place, we're going to be able to integrate all of our data so that no matter where you are in the organization, everyone will have access to it. And we'll be able to solve problems that we've never been able to solve before because it was just too impossible to get to the information that we had already under our roof. Mm-hmm. So that's the story that we worked on. And actually, the version of the story that was being told at a presentation was probably 50 times longer than what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> but but, the, um, but the, the point is, is that when you construct your clarity story, that's really the beauty of it. It becomes a story that can shrink or grow depending on how you need it. So in this instance, I wanted to tell it fast. So I told it that way. And the presentation to the executive leadership team that's gonna be given to explain, because this is the, the convincing part is this is why we're going to. This integrated data strategy, everybody needs to buy into it at the executive leadership team. So the person presenting it needs to tell it in, in more detail. But that's essentially the framework that the story is telling. Now, I told it in a shorter version The story then, once that framework is in place for the story, different people in the organization can tell their version of it, but it's still the framework is in place. So you could have um, somebody in the IT department has this framework, but tells a story um, specific to their job, their function and what they're doing with the organization. Then you might have somebody else who has a completely different role in the rollout, has a completely different role in the organization, they have their version of it. So maybe HR has a version of it um, and what it means because they're going to have to hire people and people are going to be changing their jobs and their roles. So HR needs to understand this um, strategy and put their story in place. So that's the beauty of the clarity story is that you put the the, the high-level story in place and then everybody gets to own it. And that's what we talk about storytelling too. When you When you're telling the story, it becomes your own. Um, And so you want people to personalize the story, but all within the same framework. The other great thing about the clarity story, it is communicating the change. It's communicating your or and or communicating your corporate strategy is that strategy is always changing and your change is always changing. We talked about that last time that we're in this constant state of change. So with the clarity story, it's easier to kind of shift your story rather than to say, well, we did have um, four bullet points that was our strategy. You know, we had these four things. But now we're, not, you know, this third one is kind of changing, and the fourth one's gone away. So now people have to re memorize bullet points. But if you can weave that change, the, you know, those nuances of what you're changing into the story, the story kind of evolves and adapts. It's easier for people to swallow because there's still there's still some truth to what you were telling before. It's still there. It's just that now some part of the situation has changed, so you're adapting your story. So turning your strategy, turning your change into a story makes you um, able to continue to evolve it because you're going to have to. You know that <laughs> you know that what you're trying to change today is t- next week going to continue to be changing, um, and so you need to be prepared for that. And this clarity story pattern allows you to do that.
0: Mm. I like that you call it clarity because a lot of times as the leader, you're more, you the dots are more easily connected for you. You, you are always thinking about from, from a high level, what happened in the past? Why did we change? And what are we changing to? But you need to repeatedly connect those dots, especially as the dots change over time. So each time yeah. you, the story evolves, you're still following the same framework of in the past, then blank happened. That's why we're going to, so all these good things can happen. Yep, that's it. Yeah, that's very powerful. Well, Amanda, there's a lot more to uh, how to tell stories as leaders to lead change that you get into when you teach this concept regularly. We've talked about um, a framework of four types of stories, connection story, influence story, success story, and clarity story. But you pro- offer a workshop that gets into a lot more. Can you tell us um, how people can find out about that and what, what else they would learn besides just this high-level overview that we talked about today?
1: Absolutely. The, um, the workshop that I teach and the consulting work that I do and coaching is around, um, oftentimes around helping organizations change. And one of the tools that I use is Storytelling for Leaders. And that's a program that was, um, was developed by some world-renowned business storytelling experts. And I'm one of the first people in the U.S. to be able to deliver it to companies here. So... What I would do is go in for one day and we'd go through all of these story patterns and we'd work together on actually crafting these stories um, that people can then use right away back at work um, and tackle the problems that they're dealing with in their current job. So, and then, but, The program doesn't just end with a one-day workshop because we all know that change never happens in one day. (laughs) So what? So (laughs) unfortunately, so the um, the program then continues for six months, and the participants are um, given additional learning modules to build on the information that they've already learned, and then also they are prompted to practice. The skills in the workplace because with practice that's how that's how we change and that's how we learn. So, the, um, the so it's not just a one day workshop. It's actually a six month program. Um, there's also coaching that can go on during that program, or it's possible many executives like the option of just. Doing this training one-on-one with me and working through the, the material, dealing with the problems that they're dealing with, the presentation that they have coming up next week that they're not sure what they're going to say, um, the board that they have to convince, the rest of their leadership team that they have to persuade on something. So we work together on um, on, on learning these patterns and then putting them to use right away. So all that information is um, available on my website, which is connectedstrategygroup.com, um, and my contact information is there as well. So. Happy to happy to answer any questions about how it works.
0: And we'll provide that link as well as Amanda's contact information on our show notes for this episode. Amanda Marco, thank you for joining us on Engaging Leader. Thank you, Jesse. You can find the show notes at engagingleader.com forward slash 106 as in episode 106. This is a production of Aspendale Communications a consulting firm where my colleagues and I partner with mid-size and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at AspendaleCommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, you are always communicating and leading. Let's make the most of each opportunity to engage the people we care about.